Hi, this is Pastor Ken Ortiz, and welcome to Real Answers to Real Questions. This podcast is designed to do just exactly that. In my 35 years of pastoral ministry, I've had hundreds of people, if not thousands, come to me with various questions. And frankly, it's so hard for people on a normal Sunday morning to come up and ask those questions. So we've created a format where you can submit your questions, and I'll do my best to provide you with as scripturally accurate an answer as I can to those questions. On the following shows, uh, Dan McMahon is going to be co-hosting with me. He has been my co-host with my radio program for many years, and he's a good friend. He's an elder in our church, and uh, we're going to just basically engage in a conversation as we go through the questions that you have submitted. All right, Ken, we only have one question for today's podcast because I think it's an incredibly valuable one, and I'm sure we can um, fill the time with (laughs) discussion, or you can, anyway. Uh, Really good question, and here's how it goes. How does someone know they have the gift of pastor-teacher? I've had a desire over several years to teach God's Word and help guide people down a biblical path on a one-on-one basis. If full-time ministry is where God is calling me, how do you know when to make the leap? I cannot afford seminary, nor can I afford to quit my job to attend one. I spend several hours a day before and after work trying to study God's Word so I can help equip others. I know I would benefit from personal training and mentoring, but under my circumstances, I don't know how to pursue it. Thank you. It's a great question. Um, In a way, I would say to our listener, that's somewhat of my testimony or my story. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was not looking to go into ministry. I had no interest to do that. Uh, But I got saved, and I got really excited about knowing Jesus. I got really excited about knowing His Word. And I just began to read it and study it. Now, one of the things that Solomon said in Proverbs is that a man's gifts make room for him. And if Mm. you have a gift and a calling, you'll find that it will... Uh, the opportunities will just simply be there. But sometimes people, in like in his situation, look at his point going from A to Z in one, one fell step. And the truth of the matter is that it's a progressive thing, that if God is calling me to something, then he, he leads. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's not something that I have to make things happen and I have to open doors. Uh, I've often told people that I, I never applied to be a pastor. I never even thought about being a pastor. But what I did is I started first studying the Bible uh, and and became just in, enraptured by the text to the place where I just began to start thinking biblically. I mean, when you spend enough time reading the Bible, you start processing information. It's called inferential reasoning, where you you see things and then you run it through this grid of the Bible in your brain, and you begin to think about it from a biblical perspective. Perspective, and that's really the first step. I think that you begin to find this this world around us has all sorts of data coming in, but you're filtering it through the Word of God. Mm-hmm. The reason I say it's important is because when we teach the Bible, we need to be able to teach in a way that relates it to the context of where people are living. And this is one of the weaknesses I'm afraid that many uh, pastors struggle with because if they've grown up in a Christian context, in a church context, they've gone through Bible school and they've gone through seminary and they come out the other end, usually what seminary does is prepare you to talk to other seminarians. Mm. 
And one of the things that uh, Tablet Seminary did years ago, they were surveying their 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 uh, graduates and their students because they were a little frustrated because the success rate of men coming out of seminary and going to pastorate was very low. I mean, I met guys who, after uh, a year of pastoring a church, they were asked to step down, and they got another church, and they were asked to step down a year later because they just weren't pastors. Yeah. And what Talbot found is that they were that most of their students were singular relational people. In other words, people who don't really enjoy being around people. They like to be alone, and um, they, in fact, I would say that people exhaust them, mm-hmm. and that what they really want to do is stand in a pulpit and give the Greek to people. Hmm. And uh, they weren't relating to people. They didn't know what it was like. And that's why sometimes I look at, like our our questioner here is asking, sometimes people who have been in the marketplace, they're holding down a job. They understand the challenges, and they start beginning to live out their Christian life, filtering those challenges and questions and problems. They begin to have insights that you can't learn in a classroom. And that's where I often tell people, where do you start? Well, I, I tell people, why don't you start teaching a Sunday school class? My pastor always say, if, if you can teach children, <laughs> you can teach anybody. The invaluable lesson in that is it forces you to simplify. Mm-hmm. And you have to bring it down to a lower level, which is, again, one of the things that a lot of guys have difficulty. They, they present things in such complexity because they're enamored mm-hmm. by the complexity. And I get that. But it's not going to help the average guy, the Joe or Sue in the pew. They're not going to be able to, to say, this guy understands my, my world. Yeah. So that's where I tell people to start. Then I'd say, if once you do that, start into a home Bible study. Just invite some friends to come in and say, let's start studying the Word of God together. Not even necessarily as I'm going to teach you, but let's have a conversation. Yeah. And if God has gifted you as a teacher, you're going to find yourself beginning to share things with them that are going to be helpful and encouraging and and uh, make them want to know the Word better and to grow in their faith. And it just following that pathway, you just find one thing leads to another. Yeah. And I, 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 my concern is that we often think that being a pastor is the be-all of spiritual maturity, exactly. you know? I love, a guy one time said it that was so convictingly true. He said, I think if uh, God didn't make most of us pastors, we'd never read our Bibles. <laughs> but we do because we know we have to. <laughs> well, I think I, I think your point is well taken. I, I, I've been attending Calvary for 35 years now, and uh, within, and I, I got saved the first day I walked in here. And uh, and it was and we got married a couple of years after that, and it was shortly after that where Janie said, "Hey, you need to get involved in ministry. Let's figure this thing out." So, mm-hmm. first thing I did was taught a, a a group of first graders. Holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And and here you think you know it's it's church, so it can't be that bad. My class was twenty eight kids, <laughs> and I had never taught anything before. And and the next year it was bigger as as we moved to second grade. And so I started in that, and then I got involved in home fellowship groups, doing that for about 10, 12 years. And and I couldn't tell if it was leading to ministry or not. I just knew that there were opportunities to serve. And and so whenever I'd see opportunities to serve in in different ministries, I would just, if I felt like God was leading there, I would do that because I felt like there was just mm-hmm. a need that someone had. It wasn't for me to be 
be going into a new job. It was that here's a need over here, let's fulfill it, and I need to be walking with Christ in the process. And and I think too often, to your point, too often we we, we as Christians think of the the highest calling is is to be a pastor, and that's what we should shoot for. When every one of us is to, called to be a lay minister, every one of us is to be effective in mm-hmm. in our work environment, in our home environment, with our friends, and everything else. And that's where the majority of ministry happens. And yeah. if I'm always looking to get a job out of it, uh, God could be pulling me there. He yeah. may, may may be asking one of us to go on staff and be that. But if that, I shouldn't be trying to knock down that door. Yeah, that door should open up because of my my willingness to serve others and yeah. and be what and do what God has put right in front of me. Yeah, two things that one one uh, Charles Spurgeon said uh, to guys who are wondering, "Am I called to be the pastor?" He says, "If you can be happy doing anything else, go do that." Mm. Because it it has to be such a profound compelling. Yep. But the second thing I tell guys is. If your wife tells you you should be a pastor, then there's a good chance you're being called. <laughs> but if your wife says, uh, that's not for me, yeah, then you need to listen to that because it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I've been fortunate because my wife said, I just never wanted to stand in between you and whatever God was going to call you to do with your life, which is, I think about it, look back and saying, that's an amazing sacrifice yeah. to make, you know, yeah. that I'm willing to follow you wherever you go. Um and it's 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 an illusion to think that it's an easy life because when you talk about we talk about somebody a fishbowl existence and that kind of thing that, you know it's 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 a hard it's a stressful job. My wife and I were sitting on the deck. It's right now the weather is beautiful here in Spokane. It's just we were just sitting there just luxuriating in the <laughs> the beautiful weather right now. And, and uh, I said to her, "Honey, do you remember we thought we'd get to this point in our ministry and we'd be just kind of chilling?" <laughs> I said, "It is crazier now than it's ever been." And I, I don't mean that in a negative sense, but it's uh, there's no discharge yeah. from this from this uh, army. You know, you're there's no retirement. You you're called to do this until death do you part from this planet. And and uh, that's why it's it's one of those kind of things that, uh, as the old saying goes, uh, fools r- rush in where angels fear to tread. I just simply say to people that God may is most likely calling you to be a minister in the marketplace, and the same kind of things that you might do in a ministry as a pulpit, you could do in the business place. I know so many businessmen who have Bible studies in their yeah. office yeah. and uh, who are involved in personal evangelism with uh, people in their, in their industry. And it's, it's really power. There's, there's more of an impact through their efforts than mine. Hmm. They're, they're the ones who convince somebody to show up on a Sunday morning yeah. after they've watched Christ in that person's life and said, you know, uh, this is something this I want. Yeah, but I would also say that I think that one of the things that has proven to be uh, effective for me in ministry is the fact that I don't approach preaching or teaching or the Bible or sermons or anything uh, in a what we call a classical pastoral sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, my concern is to be as honest and truthful and transparent as I can possibly be, but biblical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that honesty and that combination of things is uh, is I think what what people end up connecting with because 
you're like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. I've had so many people say, you know, you're just like the rest of us. Yeah, it's the relatability yeah. that 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 has the impact for Christ. Yeah. It's not it's not the Bible knowledge. I mean, the Bible knowledge is there, no question. But it's it's can I relate to the struggles that you're going through because they're they're similar in my life, and can I listen to your the way you've dealt with it and and the things that you've uh, endured and and given to God, and can I relate to that as well? And that's what speaks to me and everyone else who who listens. Yeah. And which is always stunning to me. <laughs> I mean, really, I I often go away and go, oh my goodness, did anybody get anything out of that? <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is still God. That's right. That's right. He can speak through Balaam. Oh, wait, that's yeah, not yeah. No, that's often much more accurate than we think. <laughs> no, I, I just in closing, I, I think that was a great question. I think they're more than just this individual who who struggles with that. You know, am I doing enough for God? And the answer is yes, keep doing it. You know, just keep keep looking for those opportunities. Yeah, oh, it's it's important what we realize that uh, we're not God is not uh, measuring us the way we measure ourselves. Yeah. You know, we feel like the meter is always running, and I better get to a certain point, you know, lest I be overdrawn. And I, the reality is that that uh, God places you where He places you exactly. And it's something I was sharing just a week ago about how there's a reason for every season in your life. And mm-hmm. you may be going through one of the most difficult, challenging, painful circumstances you can even imagine. And you feel like, I must have, you know, disobeyed God to get in this much trouble, you know. And the truth of the matter is, uh, God is going to use that. Yeah, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're sp- right where you're supposed to be. I can't tell you how many guys who have ended up leading their cellmates to Christ because they did something that got put them in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, not the greatest circumstance, and I, certainly not something I hope anybody else has in their testimony. Yeah. But the thing is that God uses His people wherever they are regardless of what's going on. Yeah, good stuff. Well, this brings us to the end of our current podcast, and I hope that our responses to the questions that you submitted were helpful. If you found them to be worthwhile and this a good investment of your time, we encourage you to write a review and uh, send us your comments. This is a forum in which we're looking to have a dialogue with those who listen. If you have questions that you would like us to answer, we'd encourage you to submit those. Uh, You can do that easily by just going to our website at www.calvaryspokane.com, and we'll take them as they come in. Just about any question is okay, but we just like to say that we try to answer biblical questions. Uh, I can't give you financial advice or medical advice, but I can tell you what the Bible has to say. Uh, We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so that you can join with us regularly as we continue to answer your questions with what we believe are real biblical answers.